Hello everyone, welcome to the Ohio Agronomy Roundup. Today we have technology extraordinaire Bill Bowers with us today. Bill, thanks for joining us. <laughs> thanks, Lene. That, that's quite the introduction, but I'm happy to be here chatting today. Great. Well, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and uh, what your role all entails? Sure. Uh, born and raised in uh, Preble County, Ohio, in the west central part of the state. Still live there today, uh, work with the family farm. Uh, Full-time job is with Bear Crop Sciences and specialize in agronomic support uh, for some of the larger growers across the southern half of the state. Great. So, uh, because you had kind of an expansive role in agriculture, do you want to tell us a little bit about the role of technology and how it's changed since you started your career? I think you just asked me if I'm old. Oh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> just seasoned. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm old enough to remember when we used fence posts to drive tractors instead of a GPS, right? So the, the explosion in technology, both uh, biotechnology and, and the mechanical side of it, has just been tremendous. I was an intern for Monsanto the year that Roundup Ready Soybeans were launched. And at that time, there was just the beginning stages of both the biology, the biotechnology side of it, as well as we were doing intensive scouting to build the algorithms that would eventually become some of the data platforms that are on the market today. And uh, being in a commodity business, uh, driven business with slim margins, and it's, it's about volume, it's about bushels, uh, cost savings, uh, the technology piece has has really enabled growers to get have a transparency of their operation that uh, previous generations have not and enabled to to more precisely manage each acre more precisely manage their profit and loss and the technology side has really enabled all that across agriculture so it, it's been fun to kind of grow up with and and to see it from the ground up uh, the, the technology put in the, in the corn and soybean plants now is phenomenal. Their ability to protect themselves from pests, their resistance to certain herbicides. We've studied the, used technology to study the genome so much that, that we can pick pedigrees from Europe and South America and the Philippines and can predict uh, the, the characteristics of those crosses and how they'll be able to perform in the certain microenvironments across the country, right? And then with uh, the digital platforms, we can we can monitor the progress of those crops and those products uh, with a level of transparency we never could. That we can really get down to an ROI per acre per input uh, with more accuracy than ever before by utilizing the technology side that, that we've got with the data platforms. So on the flip side, um, we have a, a, what should I say, we have a, we have a social media presence within this country and throughout almost the world now that you can have information from whether it's the company that you're buying from or the growers that you work with. And no matter where, social media has really been portrayed as either a good perception in agriculture and a bad perception. Uh, what is your perception of social media and agriculture? Well, social media has just had such a transformative impact on, on the world and just about anything. It's essentially really made the world flat and and small. 
and via the, the social media platforms, the ability to share uh, communications and thoughts and opinions across the globe is just, is just mind-blowing on what, what it's been able to do. And that comes with a tremendous amount of responsibility to, to present yourself accurately and honestly. Because and, while it gives us a voice within agriculture, it also gives some opposing uh, opinions a platform too. And I think the most important thing is, is that all parties are engaged and that all sides of the conversation are heard. And when one party is silent or one party becomes abusive, then, then things get lopsided. And as agriculture, to be honest, we've been slow to the table in the realm of social media. And really we're behind the narrative by the time we started to engage with the consumers. And, and an ever-growing population that's further and further away from food production. Uh, now, you look at some of the trends in social media, for example, farming channels are the fastest growing, fastest grossing channels on all of YouTube, which is phenomenal. And the, the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Instagrams, uh, are even MySpace, I think, has had it. it's got a growing <laughs> presence. So uh, agriculture is, is really booming across all social media platforms and producers around the world are finding a voice, finding a way to engage consumers. And anything from your, your small farm to fork operations uh, that are doing a great job serving their local communities to even, even large scale operations and global operations that, that are meeting the, the ever expanding demand for food and fiber across the globe, right? It takes all size operations to meet all the different demands for agricultural products. They've all found the voice, they're being great uh, advocates for the industry and doing a good job telling the story. And we're obviously got an audience that's growing at lightning speed because people wanna know. They've heard the chatter, they've heard the negative talk, they've heard all the scare tactics, and now they're finding a way to communicate with farmers that for about any product you could ever imagine, in any state, any country across the globe, if you look, you can find a producer that's sharing their story of how they bring those products to market. And it doesn't even have to be a huge presentation just by, by virtue of offering that transparency and telling your production story, I think is giving the consumers a sense of comfort in, in how food and fiber comes to market, a better understanding that they never had before, and the ability to ask questions. Instead of a, a Google search, when they see something they don't understand, now they've got a network of producers that they can interface with and get those questions answered. So let's pivot a little bit and talk about your social media presence. <laughs> so uh, on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram, you're, all, you're known as Bushel Billy. Mm -hmm. uh, how did that start? And have you made friends across, I mean, all parameters across the United States now? I mean, you're, you're very well known. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, Bushel Billy started two years ago. And I had kind of withdrawn from social media because it seemed to be a very negative space um, and, and a time suck, you know, and the productivity of your daily life. And uh, it still is to some extent, but uh, two years ago we were being encouraged to engage and be spokesmen for the industry. And, and to find some sort of social media presence to tell our story. So I had never tried Instagram before 
uh, we we came up with the the handle of bushel billy and and we launched it about two years ago and it, it just uh, some what I call good-natured agronomy nothing too serious not too heavy but but out in the fields and and explaining and investigating and telling stories while we're out there and bushel billy has is now I think on Twitter Facebook YouTube I, I closed my MySpace account Aww. and I, I never I'm not going to get a TikTok account no matter <laughs> how many times I'm asked to um, but uh, kind of try to expand the the reach of of the bushel billy moniker and and it's it's turned out fantastic and to be able to network and communicate with growers from across the world has taught me a lot even uh, as long as I've been in farming and agriculture I've learned a tremendous amount in the last two years by uh, being in group chats and one-off conversations with producers from around the world producers across the in West Texas, South Dakota, Missouri, New Jersey, uh, Minnesota, and to see how drastically different their environments are just by, by nature of their geographies and how they manage things so much differently than what, what we do here. And it, it's really been a, a great experience to both expand my knowledge base agronomically, but also a greater appreciation for the industry and the many different ways we bring products to market. So what do you think about the term advocate? Not advocate, A-G-V-O-C-A-T-E. It's been coined recently and it really took off about two years ago. Uh, what do you think of the term and do you consider yourself an advocate? Well, certainly. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a fantastic term. And it's something that's certainly needed in anybody that's doing a good job of creating transparency and telling the story of agriculture is an advocate, right? Now, my challenge to the, the advocacy groups, uh, it's, it's no surprise what has happened because if you, get, if you go to a party somewhere and, and your date says, can we not talk about farming tonight? It's like, okay, sure, you know, we won't talk about farming tonight. And it takes all about 15 minutes for a farmer to find another farmer in the room and spend the rest of the night talking about farming. That's just what farmers and agriculturalists do. It's a passion and we love to talk about it. So, you know, interview anybody on social media and they say, well, I, I took the social media to tell the story of agriculture. And that, that's what, how we all got started. And in a very short period of time, we found other farmers to talk to, and we do a great job of talking to other farmers on social media because that's what we love to do. So I think the challenge, now that we, we've got a growing audience, that we've got a network that is global uh, between producers on social media, the challenge for anybody that's interested in advocacy is to find that non-farm audience to find folks that are separated from the farm, to find the consumer that is interested in where their food and fiber comes from, and find a way to get our story to a broader audience that may not have thought about where a pork chop comes from in their entire life, that has no idea the difference between a cotton shirt and a polyester shirt. They just thought it was a good looking shirt. So how do we grab their attention? People that go through their daily lives without any consideration on how things are made or produced how do we grab their attention and spark their curiosity in the production of agricultural products before an alternative narrative catches their eye? 
before a scare tactic makes them doubt the, the decisions they make in their daily living, before a, an opposing opinion uh, gets them curious. How, how do we, in a positive way, expand our message and expand our outreach and, and engage the consumer uh, on a positive platform and a positive life before there's a negative experience that really puts a question in their mind what American agriculture looks like. Well, if listeners want to learn more about your social media content, where and how can they follow you? Uh, like I said, we're, we're on all the channels except for MySpace and TikTok. So just, <laughs> just go forth and look for Bushel Billy and uh, you'll, find us, you'll find us there. Well, great. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. I appreciate your time and thanks for listening to the Ohio Agronomy Roundup today with uh, Bill Bowers. Mm-hmm.